Hello and welcome. My name is Leah Barber and you're listening to Next Gen Femme, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women's achievements. Be it in business or massive personal goals, we speak to women that persevered through the ups and downs to pursue their passions. We have to be nicer and kinder to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, Irish people are so nice. I'm learning all about ni- kindness since I moved to Ireland because Irish people are the kindest people in the world. I've never understood kindness. Like in Brazil, we talk a lot about it and I never understood it. I only understood it when I moved to Ireland, mm-hmm. what it means to be kind to someone else. And we're not kind to ourselves. So I'm learning to be kind to myself as well, not mm-hmm. only to other people. Mm-hmm. In our new episode of Next Gen Femme, myself and Fee Malone speak to science communicator, clinical mentor and medical doctor, Anna Panagassi. Anna takes us on a roller coaster of a journey as she recounts her life growing up in Brazil, where she pursued a career as a doctor, joined the military, got married and sadly divorced, and in the middle of everything contracted a virus that rendered her temporarily paraplegic and on a long road to recovery. After a moment of serendipity and an opportunity for a career change presented itself, Anna was on her way to Ireland, where she now resides. We'll let her fill in the blanks, of which we'll be sure to keep you on your toes. We're excited for you to hear our sixth episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Next Gen Femme or Next Generation Female, however you'd like to put it. We are here with episode six, I believe. Six. Six. And as you can probably hear, our voices are much clearer because we decided to go real profesh. We have leveled up. We have leveled up our game. So we've come to Camden Studios in Dublin to uh, record the next few podcasts that you'll hear. But we are here with our next guest, who is Anna Panagetti. I'm going to pronounce it wrong now. Anna Panagassi. Panagassi. Um, she is a science communicator, clinical mentor, medical doctor, specifically obs gynae, and a dog mom. So hello, Anna. Hi, how Welcome. are you girls? Welcome to the podcast. It's very exciting this that you so are, are. Yeah, this is uh, very exciting that you're our first podcast e on this kind of setup that we have going. It's pretty impressive. It's like, really, I'm really just impressive. kind of pinching myself that yeah. we're yeah. in a this few, kind of a room. A few famous artists have recorded here i'm like the next coolest ginger ed sheeran was here last week <laughs> yeah. ed sheeran was here, here and now so. fee malone so watch this I feel like space. it's my destiny <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be amazing i know yeah so welcome anna yeah thank you thank you um, so i guess we'll get st- get started mm-hmm. uh so please introduce yourself to our listeners by telling us your full name which i've said but uh your age if you don't mind occupation and an interesting fact that can be about yourself or just like an interesting fact about the world yeah, so my name is Anna Panigasi. I'm 38. I'm a doctor by trade, but I'm science communicator by heart. Aww. And aww. <laughs> an interesting fact is that I'm a migrant at this point in my life. After being old and grey, I'm a migrant. And, and where we, did we mention where you're from? So yeah, yeah. So I'm Brazilian. I moved to Ireland four years ago mm-hmm. to follow a dream. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I moved to Ireland four years ago. It is a kind of crazy story because doctors are not supposed well, we to. We love yeah. crazy stories. I know what we're here for. I know you do. So, so I guess take us, take us on that journey. You take yeah. the listeners on that journey. Have we all got our backpacks? Yeah. This time yeah. we're going to uh, you're Brazil. You're going on a journey <laughs> yeah, to Brazil. Get yeah. their popcorn, yes. sit down, relax and enjoy this story that Anna's going to tell us. So I guess start from where you think was the beginning and yeah. uh, take us to where you are now, essentially. Yeah, so I think it all began on my third year crisis uh when you turn 30 they say you're supposed to have a crisis i mean you're kind of going through one Uh, i don't think i have i don't think i have left my crisis yet so it's going to be great don't worry this is a good eight no i'm kidding (laughs) it's supposed to go like and they they they, they talk about metanoia which is like when you have a trans uh, like this deep transformation in your life to bring you kind of maturity and apparently that's what my therapist said at the time it's my metanoia (laughs) when i turned 30 i had just gotten married to my first husband yes there's a first oh, husband. this is gonna be great <laughs> and married like in church because we were married uh in practical terms and we got married in church big party millions of people yeah Brazilians say millions for everything yeah so so now you're a pretty popular gal now so. yeah no so yeah so so i i got married and it was this big thing and i was working as a doctor as a doctor of five jobs as a i'm a maternal fetal medicine specialists. Uh, so in Sao Paulo, uh, what happens is because there's so many people in the city, you are able to actually do your sub, sub, sub. So I was a sub, sub, sub specialist. My specialist was first trimester detection of diseases and stuff. All and right. So very specialized. I was very specialized okay. and I had 
I had a private practice that was doing very well in a very posh place in Sao Paulo. And I was also at university. Uh, we founded this uh, group, study group. I was like model daughter, like picture mm-hmm. me like model daughter. Yes. And then I got this bug here. Like people call it foot and mouth disease. It's Koksaki. It's a virus. Okay. okay. Yeah. And there was a, actually conjunctivitis epidemic in Sao Paulo. Okay. And I caught it, but it went to my nerves. All so right. I became paraplegic overnight. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. That that's where, so that was like, so I turned, so I, I, my birthday is December 31st. Uh-huh. That was December 20 oh, of me turning 30. Not a good Christmas that year. Yeah. Then. So like when it's Christmas, all the professors and like no yes, one is available. available. So yeah. I remember I went to see Harry Potter that day, mm-hmm. like the last movie, which was like four hours long. And yeah. I, I was, mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, my legs were, were just like this weird feeling come from uh, so it was a, a, called ascending paralysis mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie I couldn't walk so they they took me to the ER uh, it was 20 minutes between me getting to the ER and being inside the MRI so they like the orthopedic surgeon I came like because I called my friend who's a neurologist obviously that's the worst thing about doctors we're the worst people worst patients she said <laughs> go into that hospital it's not like a general hospital is orthopedics, but I'm a neurologist there so I can see your exam. So I went into the hospital, the orthopedic surgeon, that's obviously a hernia. You, you'd be grand, don't worry. <laughs> he put me in the MRI and when I came out of the MRI, he was white, really? okay. white. And it was like, there's nothing in the MRI. I don't know what you have. Uh, they they gave me a bunch of drugs because my blood pressure was super high. Imagine you cannot walk. Oh, I was super nervous. They oh, I had so pain in my legs. Yeah, so like, kind of settle me down and sent me home and that's when everything started. So I didn't have a diagnosis diagnosis for three months. Oh my God. Okay. And so were you bed bound? Yeah. So like I was bed bound for like a week during Christmas and stuff. Oh my God, and that's awful. Anyway, well, it was super weird. So for a good year and a half of my life, I was like in rehab and like my, I, I gosh. So the, we measure strength in little crosses. So your full strength is five out of five. And mm-hmm. I was, the beginning it was like one out of five then the following week i was like two out of five anyway i got better but then eventually because of my leg was so weak i i had problems in my back so i had, and i was it a sonographer and uh, the sonography gives you problems in your shoulders anyway i was like i lost all my health i'm uh, sorry how did you come to the like realization or did how did they find out what caused mm, this so like it, you it's a diagnosis by elimination so that's why it takes okay. three months so they thought first they thought i had something called guillain Barre, which they talk a lot about about vaccines mm-hmm. uh so they i got a bug and, and it gives you that's sending paralysis but it wasn't then they thought i had a mess i got all the tests i didn't have a mess and like nothing would show then you go by elimination so they start testing me for Process all the bugs yeah. and all the yeah. kind of like autoimmune diseases that you can think of mm-hmm. and then they got to coxsackie but to it took okay. it took three months that oh, i had okay. spinal taps and how did you feel in those three months like i was uh, like I, I remember like the beginning was the first month was terrible because to my friend look after me and it got to a point she said listen and here's the thing she specializes in dementia so what you have is neuromuscular is another sort of specialty so like i okay. got to my so you're going to a neuromuscular specialist then my case became a grand route <laughs> okay <laughs> there were five cases like mine in sao paulo and like on a city with 15 million people there were mm-hmm. five cases and so i then i was like now i'm going to die because i became a grand round case only people that are going to die become a grand round case and at the same time i couldn't stop working because if you stop working you don't make any money and i okay. was supporting my home and so my parents would drive me to like to places where i could work it was ah Oh my God! Were you world. in a wheelchair and stuff then? To get no, around? I was on cane. Uh, okay, well, because I was really plegic for the first week, but then it got better. Okay. I could walk, but like it wasn't like it wasn't normal. And, and and like doctors, we have this tendency because we cannot stop working and people depend on us. And mm-hmm. anyway, I kept on going, and so you worked through all of this. Yeah, and at that time, I had passed the first phase to become a military officer, mm-hmm. and I was like. Listen, if I'm going to die, I need a job that can pay me. If I'm going to be really sick, I need a job with security. So I joined mm-hmm. the military. <laughs> How did you join the military, though, when you have... Yeah, because I had the, because it takes, like, between taking the tests, applying, take the tests, doing the physical stuff. 
I got sick in the middle and oh, then they okay. called me. So I said, okay. so I'm going. And then, so I went into the military academy. Just, I had just gotten out of the cane. I had just left the cane. Uh-huh. So I became a first, oh, so I'm a first lieutenant now. Wow. I was a second lieutenant. But anyway. Just salute there. <laughs> saluting and it's often, it was so, and then I started this phase in my life where I wasn't fun anymore. Like mm-hmm. I was the worst person to be with because like I became this monster because I was in pain 100% of the time. Yeah. I was, I'm still in pain, kind of almost 100% of the time. I was, uh, I was tired. I was working. I had just stopped working nights because I couldn't work nights anymore. You must have been doing crazy yeah, hours. I was, I was working two or three nights a week, depending okay. on the week. So I like, I became this animal, like not fun at all. Like, so the military was grand. It's just another job. Like when you join after you, like when you join when you're 19, it kind of shapes you for life. When you join when you're 30, 30 and everybody around you joins at 30, like you just have another mind about it. So like mm-hmm. in the military, they get very obsessed if they're like, their hair is not proper and they get called out. And we would get called out as we would say like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, like, so it was like, it was an okay experience. Mm-hmm. So that was 2011. Are you still married and stuff now? So I was married. So I was married for three years and I, I, like, things started to go wrong and very others, like, so, like, I did, I couldn't do my PhD. Like, that's a dream of mine that I don't know if I'm going to, like, I I don't think I'm going to ever going to do a PhD, but I was going to do it. I didn't work out. Never Uh, say never. I don't know. Like, I'm, 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 I'm getting liberated from that as well. Anyway. I I understand that. Yeah, like, it's just like, like, it just drains your energy and, Anyway, so it got to a point, I took this trip with my family to Italy. We spent a month in Italy mm-hmm. and it was horrible. It was a horrible trip. Like I paid for the whole trip. My dad paid for the, his side of the trip. It was supposed to be this most amazing, beautiful trip. And it was and just, relaxing because you've been working so hard. Yeah, and all that. like it was just, anyway, we came back. So that was October, 2013. Okay. So two and, years yeah, after your So yeah, so that was two years of just like struggling yeah. and uh, so and then I come back and then, so my husband, I, so after Christmas, my husband had already, my ex-husband had already fa- found another apartment. Uh, his whole life was ready for him to jump out. Well, and, okay. wow. <laughs> yeah. So like I arrived like the 6th of January or something like that. And yeah, like, you know, like I'm going and find another wow. place. You just, yeah. And I, and I was like, you know, like he, I was just not fun anymore, but he, did you expect? Sure. Yeah, like it wasn't good, but like I thought it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then at the same time, like he wanted to be go to Europe two two times a year, and he wanted to take flying lessons, and he wanted to. Yeah, and then I had to work to pay for all of that. Oh, you know? right. Why? What did, yeah, did I was he the head work? of the family, and he did, but uh, he couldn't afford it. And okay. I just became this being that wasn't fun. So he would go out and have a lot of fun, and yeah, I just I would to just, try and replace. Mm, and I like, and yeah, like fun with my friends, and I was just so tired because I was working so hard and I was so sick. My God, you were very isolated, very on your own. Yeah, very isolated, and like people don't realize that because they think you're grand. They look at you. You don't have a cane anymore, or like anyone. So you have you, a cane you, you don't physically look yeah, like you're in pain. and when you have a cane people are like oh you're you have notions now like you know and like at 30 to have a cane or 31 i suppose it does it's tough yeah, yeah. that is tough and mm-hmm. they look at you they think you have notions you know like people and i would get like a point in my life so my f- i i would share like it was a really posh place that i worked and my friend that shared the room with me. He was a sonographer for Real Madrid and for a bunch of stars. And they were all the time there, like soccer stars. And so what he would do is he would inject kind of numbing agents and steroids inside my, my shoulder, my shoulder uh, joint mm-hmm. to, so I could work. Like, so it, it became, because I was it, like doctors become like a high level athlete in a, in a sense. So like I would just get the shots and work another four hours, go home Whoa. and cry myself to sleep All for the to pain. support yourself, yeah, your to, family. Yeah, to keep and it going. And ungrateful ex, not to sound. Yeah, like, yeah. No, but like I'm going to call it out But there. you know, like I, I think my fault is in the sense that people create lots of expectations about me because I allow them to create those expectations, you know, mm-hmm. like, so he left and I was heartbroken. Of course, you've come through a lot. That's a lot. And yeah. like something that happens uh, and I always tell people what about that. Like if you lose a partner to death and stuff, like my my, my, my mom died when I was a kid and mm-hmm. everybody kind of gathers around and bones and like when I help you and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you separate, especially if you don't have kids, mm-hmm. people immediately assume that you're 
better off and you're grand and it's like it's death like it, it's it is still, yeah it is a grief process it's all, it is like, almost like a death it yeah is a, like your marriage died and pe- people don't understand that and mm-hmm. it was so isolating and people like people that are married and have kids either they don't want to hang out with you because you don't have kids mm-hmm. or because they think uh, divorce is kind of contagious. Like people think that. And there is a stigma. There is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like people don't even realize that they think they're cool, but they're not, you know, mm-hmm. like, and uh, so it was very isolated. And my friends that rescued me was, were my divorced friends. That mm-hmm. was like, okay. that would like put bottle of wine under their arm and knock my door and say, listen, I'm here. And how are you doing? Let's. Yeah. And it was hard to go yeah. through your your paralysis and yeah it was like it was like this come out then kind of like kick me while i'm down yeah exactly but those things always happen at this like things happen at once like like i was i was telling my friend who is going through something very similar and she's like things never happen one at a time Mm is always everything at once we say three i would say Bad yeah, luck comes tree in trees. Murphy's Law. Yeah, Feast or like it's, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just, it doesn't rain, it pours, yeah, that exactly. kind of stuff. There's, I totally. Anyway, yeah. so like, so, yeah, wow. and then it starts the crazy part. So I had this that's trip. Not sorry, part. that's yeah. not the no, crazy that's part. The, that's the sad, depressing part. So okay. I have to tell so you can understand the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that was January 2014, right? So what age and are you still, now? So I was 33. Yeah. 33 now. 33. So I had booked this trip in April. My parents gave us tickets and I had booked this trip to New York and Washington. Nice. Like Hilton. Something you've wanted to do. To please your man. And, you know, like I had planned this trip and I said, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to change the hotels stay in a hostel or like a okay so that this stuff was booked before he yeah it was booked okay. uh, after i came back from italy in october and mm-hmm. my parents gave us the tickets and so i i said listen i'm going to just change it and go and then so like two weeks before the so i changed it two weeks before the trip i called him and said listen i want the mileage back he said no i'm going said, oh. sorry what excuse he said no i want to i want to use the tickets i want to uh he seems to so. just take 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 here yeah now. yeah but that's my side of the story as well so like I, I yeah you know like i was a pretty bitchy back then like imagine living with a person who was 100 in pain like and the worst part is no one encouraged me to like quit my jobs or to you know because they were gaining from it and yeah. in so many yeah, like, different ways yeah, like monetary like, you like know, for, support there was a yeah. period that i was spending like 20 percent of my salary between drugs physio teacher that would train me I was spending like 20% of my salary and I had to work because otherwise how would I pay yeah, for all of that yeah. so it's it's all of that you know and it's lovely that you can talk about both sides as well both his side and your side yeah I think and my nice. family's side and everybody's yeah. you know like everybody has expectations and if you're like me super type a and you know like i, I want to satisfy everybody mm-hmm. which is also that i'm, that I'm kind of like getting free of which is good as well the the lesson it, as well yeah. Anyway, so uh, he went on the trip. He flew with me. Oh my God. Complained the whole time. Yeah, complained the whole time. Anyway. And how long after your separation was this trip? So that was April. You had separated. So we separated in January. That was April. Wow. Okay. Anyway. And how were the lines of communication there? No, like it was just, I I desperately wanted him to come back. Like I was desperate. and Yeah. Like so you a, thought this might yeah and then like uh, then uh, so women like they get desperate at a time and then they suffer for a month and then it's all grand whereas men they kind of like feel free for a month and then they're like oh my god what have i done mm. so it was m- more or less like dash i was like i had time for everything suddenly i like you know like i had time for stuff and i was you know enjoying myself and mm-hmm. having so bottles of wine okay. in panties and like I was I was a period in my life that I was doing okay I planned a trip I, I've never been to New York and Washington I really wanted to go and so like we arrived there and I jumped on the train to Washington he stayed in New York and then Washington DC not DC Washington yeah Station. so I I spent like a little over a week in Washington by myself mm-hmm. on this huge hotel room with two double beds and it was beautiful and it was like it was the cherry blossoms were out mm-hmm. like it was all Washington is really yeah nice. it's, it was like this really special time of the year they have the Tanabata which is the, the Japanese uh, party of the stars and I went to the Tanabata it was beautiful mm-hmm. the whole thing was like I had so much fun I went to the market to have uh, street food and 
that was so much fun. It was great. And, and you then, got some Anna time. Yeah. Like you got, yeah, yeah. Like it was brilliant. I went to like, uh, it's very hard to shop for clothes in Brazil. So I shopped and, and uh, like I brought an empty suitcase mm-hmm. to shop. It's lovely that you were able to spend your money now on yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, Frivol- was, frivolously. After, as yeah. well. and after everything you'd been through, you had yeah. some time to yourself, which was It was great. Yeah. And, and then, uh, so then I took the train back to New York and I stayed in a place. Uh, uh, it's There's pod 51 and pod... I think it's 45. I don't know. So it's kind of hostel for adults. I don't know if you heard about it. It's like, so you have your own room with a sink, but the bathrooms are shared. Communal, yeah. But they have like a little light in your room that goes on and off when the bathrooms are being used. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a hostel for adults. It's it, So it's right in the center. Like New York is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, so it was very much fun. And they had a bar that was great. And so I, 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 was, I was enjoying New York. And then there was a Saturday night in the middle of it that I, because when you travel by yourself, you'd better book a few things. Mm-hmm. So you're like, if you like kind of like pub crawls or, trips so you, you're not alone 100 percent of the time you yeah. know so i booked this pub crawl in what you call like that like the downtown part at greenwich village i booked this this it looked very cool and booked this pub crawl and i arrived there and so i was outside and i had spent my whole day in the natural history museum so i was like wearing like I, I, by the way, I was like, I, I, my suitcase was just like tennis shoes and leggings. And like, <laughs> I just wanted to be comfortable and just wanted Americans to like. Americans though don't, it's not the same as here. They don't dress up quite as, like yeah. they do a little bit, but it's definitely not as no. out there as yeah. it is here. It's more casual, I feel anyway. I, I'm casual no matter the audience. <laughs> so like, anyway, I was, and then I went into this, like I got into this pub and like there was it was a really small party so there were like two middle-aged couples me and this guy this irish guy and oh i have yeah, a feeling where I this have is a feeling going. this is going yeah mm-hmm. so anyway uh shocker every, there's, there's like, an irish guy on a pub crawl uh, so <laughs> in america yeah <laughs> was this weird kind of like so like it's two middle-aged couples me and this guy and so like we started introducing ourselves and he's like oh uh, my name is kieran and like it was a, like nice a voice and a very deep voice and Irish accent. It was uh, that's and anyway. So he started chatting like, "How are you from?" Or so like, I I I have this like I'm the worst kind of migrant because you look at me, you think I'm not a migrant, and then I open my mouth, I sound like J Lo in every movie. <laughs> she plays a maid, you know, like. <laughs> And like, so like, yeah, oh, she's Italian. And then, then I sound like the maid. <laughs> anyway, so like he was like looking at me. And so he start, we started chatting and we, the first pub was uh, the White Horse. So that's where I met Kieran, the White Horse. Mm-hmm. And then we went into this pub. I don't know if you, if you heard of a pub called Mary's Crisis. No. no. People, if you're listening to this, when you're in New York, go to Mary's Crisis. Mary's Crisis, it's a, it's an underground bar is like in the basement. Okay, cool. And the people that go there are the people that sing and uh, play at Broadway, that work at Broadway. Oh, wow. And it, it, the bar is like, there's a bar at the corner, there's a piano and a jar, and you put five bucks in the jar and you pick a song from a Broadway musical and then everybody in the bar sings, but everybody That's is cool. singers and everybody is very gay and everything is rainbows and it's very like, it's like being in a RuPaul's Drag Race episode. It's a I need amazing, to get to this place. It is amazing. And we went into Mary's, and it's apparently, it's very important to the history of New York. It's a very important gay bar and, and it is it's just the best. And we had Cosmos and like it was, it was brilliant. And then Kieran offered me to buy me a beer. I had another beer. Anyway, we went to another bar and then we got something to eat. And it was like 1130 and said, listen, uh, there's an Irish bar. Like I didn't know that. I, I f- fell for it because it was the first time I was hearing that. But <laughs> there's an Irish bar a couple of blocks from here. Do you want to go? We can have a chat. And I was like, oh, oh grand. It was a Kieran's got early. Game. He's <laughs> got he's got game. And then, so we went to this Irish bar, and obviously there was someone in the bar that his mother taught in middle school. <laughs> of obviously, of, uh, now I can Not tell the story like them. that. Yeah. But like at the time, I was like. Jesus Christ, like, what is going on? <laughs> That's and crazy. like, and uh, so, and the, uh, we were at the bar drinking and then this guy came to us and said, oh, you guys look like you've been dating for a while. Uh, what do you think of us together? Because he was like, he was on a first 
blind date. Okay. All right. And I was uh, like, okay, That's okay. Yeah, like, yeah, we've been, known each other for two hours, but anyway, like you guys look great. Oh, I met, met her on J date. You know, J date is the website for Jews and uh, Jewish people in the States. Okay. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she, and somehow she went to school America. in Ireland, you know, like uh, I, uh, I don't know why she was, I Come think on. she was really desperate to be on J date and be Irish. Like she wasn't Jewish. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, like, was, it was really weird. Girl she gotta eat. Like, okay. Girl gotta eat. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. Anyway, so th we thought that was very funny. And he was like, oh, there's a pub, like, a couple of blocks from here. It's called the Puck Fair. And it's about a goat that you put on top of. Like, I was like, the that's very picturesque. And then so we went there and had a few other pints. Anyway, we had the best. We, we drank until it's like 7.30 in the morning we were drinking. And mm -hmm. So I said, listen, I'm too, like, I just have one liver. I know you guys genetically have more than one, but I'm just like, I just cannot take it <laughs> this anymore. This is me. I have to go. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you to dinner tonight. I say, like, you won't even remember I'm alive tonight. And anyway, he took my, I, my phone had died. So I didn't have my, my, my phone number because you got a SIM, I got a SIM card. It's mm -hmm. a lot cheaper. And so I gave him, him my email. I still have the piece of paper. Aww. I wrote my email and... Anyway, he emailed me that day and he took me out to dinner and we were like green, like we were so hangover. Like, I just want, I just want a, a glass of orange juice, like a, one of those American glasses of oranges, like yeah. a liter of oranges. And a diorolite. Anyway, we had like... The waiter comes over, would you like some wine? No, no, no wine. No, no, yeah. The food, I didn't eat all the food, like, and then he <laughs> ate the food from my place, like a proper Irish boy, like... Yeah. We, uh, like, we had the most amazing four days and it, he was supposed, so that was a Saturday. He was supposed to come back to Ireland on the Monday. Mm -hmm. And then the, the Sunday I said, oh, you're going back tomorrow. He said, no, I'm going back on Wednesday. He had changed his ticket. Aww. To stay longer. To, to stay longer. And uh, because it was, it was Easter at the end of that week. So uh, I had to come back. He had to come back. We stayed together for those four days. And then all, going to the airport, like cheers, everybody. Like, I was like, this is so weird. I'm never going to see him again. But that's okay. That's all right. Bye bye. Yeah. And he got on his plane. I got on my plane. I went back to Brazil. And I said, like, I'm never going to see him again. And he had this Jurassic phone that had no like WhatsApp or text or anything like that. It was like Nokia phone. 32. Yeah, no, it was like proper like the Nokia. Yeah, like, and then he he didn't message for like two days. And I was like, obviously, he's not going to. I'm never going to see him again. So mm -hmm. I got an email from him two days after. I'm trying to text you, but my phone doesn't work. <laughs> so he went and bought a phone and got WhatsApp. So we started WhatsApping each other. And that year, so that's April, that year was the World Cup in the middle of the year. Uh -huh. And it was uh, like for me, it was super fun because I was in the military. So I worked in the streets and mm -hmm. like I had the best pictures so of me in uniform. It, yeah. And I got to experience like uh, me in uniform, like working in that was very, it was, it was great up until the 7 1 that we lost to Germany. I was just about to bring that up. Then yeah. I said I wouldn't. <laughs> no, but like it was, was brilliant. Like, and anyway, August, I got military leave, came to Ireland five days, got to the airport. The man at the immigration thought I was a hooker. Oh, uh, oh wow. that's, a, that's a great story. I can tell in details <laughs> the other day, but I only realized he thought I was a hooker after I had gone through and he was like, questions he asked and everything he thought I was a hooker anyway pleasure what are you doing in Ireland for just four days for just five days I'm on military leave military you're not in the military you're not in the military it's like yes I am like my military card oh yeah oh oh, oh. then then because of the questions like you go to places and stay very little time who pays for your tickets and like and then after I realized he thought it was uh, anyway oh that's what he thought was going yeah. for okay uh, oh, anyway but like I came I came for five days and we broke up I went back to Brazil brokenhearted but it was like that's grand I never expected I got to see Ireland it was great uh, and then I went that six months up until Christmas, I went to Barcelona with my friends for a congress. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to, I took a bunch of trips. I went to, I went to Barcelona. I, I came to Europe again for something else. I don't know. I traveled a lot. It was great. Uh, so for congresses. Really enjoying I was enjoying being alone and, and enjoying alone. having my apartment to myself. And, and your money for yourself. Yeah, than, like I was really enjoying. I and was, how was your body at this stage now? Yeah, I was much sore? better. Like, okay. I, 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 like I, I'm always in pain, but like I was, always, I was much more... Like I was much more fit and happier, uh, happier mm -hmm. and uh, so it was. My life was a lot better, and then uh, so. But at that time, my private practice was not going great. 
the military wasn't like 100% what I wanted. And then I got this fellowship in London, which is, I cannot tell a lot about it. It didn't work out because there's illegal stuff mm -hmm. involved, not by my side, but the other person's side. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I got this amazing fellowship in London. I said, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. But I didn't have a visa. That's the problem. Like I needed a working visa and they would tell the government they paid. At the time it was 23K and they didn't. <laughs> so that's where things didn't get on. But mm -hmm. anyway, I got this amazing fellowship and I said, I'm moving to the UK. My, my dad was like, ah, no, you're not going. Mm -hmm. Everybody was desperate. You're just running away. Oh, and, so yeah. they didn't support this yeah, no, decision no. to move to Yeah, no, yeah. But then, then um, what, like, why did they just... No, my dad was like, I always wanted us uh, landing in, like, in Brazil and around him. And like, Brazilians are very much like that. They don't move okay. cities. They don't move, like, they're very, you know... Very home. Very homebound. Home and yeah. And like my friends were like, you're crazy. Uh, you're going to make zero money. You're going to spend all your money. I said, I know, but I'm going to get experience. Experiences, amazing skills. I'm going to live in London. I always wanted to live in London. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I'm going. So I started preparing myself. That's great though that like, even though your family and your friends are a little bit negative about it, that you knew what you wanted. Yeah. And, and like, and, and I was like, I was like, okay, I just need the visa. I need the visa. And then what happens in the UK, you get on the list and the list rolls so I got on the list and I was waiting for the list. I wonder how that list is now. No, I'm still waiting oh God, for it. Really? <laughs> I'm still like, they never called me back. And, and oh, so okay. anyway, I was waiting for it. And then me and Kieran started talking back again around Christmas, January. And then March, I said, he said, listen, come back, come here to Ireland. Let's have fun. Let's go traveling. Let's go to go. Anyway, then the story gets even crazier. So I came it's to so Ireland. Getting, yeah, like, I'm just. I, I came to crazy yeah, My jaw has yeah. been on the table now for pretty yeah. much what yeah. are we half an hour in? So anyway, I, I then I I came to Ireland on a Friday, and Kieran was in Europe. So he he rang me and he said, "Listen, I'm going to be Europe until Sunday." So he put me in a hotel on Dublin Four, a very nice hotel. He said, "Like, don't worry, stay there on Sunday. I'll pick you up, and we'll have fun for the week, and we'll go to go in on Wednesday." We're like, we had. A, couple of things programmed and so on Sunday he called me he said listen something came up oh, gosh. and I can only pick you up on Monday morning so I already paid for another night for you in the hotel and same it's grand and I was I was having like I was like at pennies shopping like I was just having fun like I was, anyone, I was that comes, anyone that comes to Ireland that doesn't have pennies they're like pennies oh my god pennies pennies I saw yeah like my parents every time like it's a pit stop it's pennies yeah. so that was 2015 and so I I on Monday morning, Kieran went to the hotel, picked me up. We were very happy to see each other. And he drove me to his apartment. We arrived there. I was so happy to see him. And he was like, oh, we got to talk. And said, all right. And then he sat me down and said, listen, Anna, here's the thing. My dad died on Friday. Okay. Oh, wow. wow. And yes. And I was like. Whoa! Yeah, what do you do in that? Yeah, yeah. like, in, uh, and you know, it's not like I was suddenly sick or, kind of thing? Suddenly, okay. like, had a stroke and died on oh. Friday and we buried him yesterday. And I have to go back to my mom and say, listen, just go back to your mom and you do, like, what, you you have to do, do. what you have to do. And he said, like, no, you're coming with me. I said, what? I didn't know you're coming. And he took me to his mother's house. And it's not the best time. For yeah, the first time to like, I, was, home, okay. I was like promoted from international fuck buddy to official <laughs> girlfriend in like five seconds and wasn't expecting and really wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I got there and I don't know if you guys know, there's this Brazilian sweet called Brigadeiro. It's a chocolate bowl. It's a chocolate sweet. It's very, very sweet. It's like okay. condensed milk with chocolate. Sounds anyway, like I'm, uh, it does it's sound like delicious. It's very, it's very Yummy. good. It's like, it's uh, it even gives you like a brain pain. So sweet. I love it. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I made a pot of it and his mother ate the pot like out of the pot. Like nice. she just needed support and like nobody knew yeah. what to do. And yeah. anyway, it went okay. And then we got to go to Galway. So he dropped me in Galway, stayed with me for a night and stay with so his mom is not alone so stayed like one night with me when I did her like kind of went down and back and mm -hmm. then he brought me back to Dublin I was leaving on the end of the other weekend and then he took me to Temple Bar he loves going to the Temple Bar and Temple Bar to hear the the musicians mm -hmm. oh yeah when they had the marathon he he went to the marathon every lunchtime and like he likes it and he sat me down and he said listen now there is the thing either you jump on this plane and you never come back and you never see each other or 
we do something to be together but there's no like yeah and like it's it's yeah it's one of the other and that's a big decision i know but like after you're 30 something there's no there's not like when you're 12 you can like oh you will come back next year we'll meet at the top of the empire state if you're no it's just like either it is or it isn't yeah there's no game there's no game you know like and and he said i said he said listen we have to live in the same continent Mm -hmm. kieran has been working the same company for i don't know 15 years and he's very well sash here in in ireland Mm -hmm. and i was like my my private practice it wasn't going so well and like i I was tired of the military and so like i I needed i wanted to live in europe it was a dream that i always had i want to move to europe and and i said okay so i'll move and he said just like that yep and he said, but uh, I'll move, like, I'll, I have the fellowship going in the UK. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll move to Dublin. And once things are settled, once I get the visa, I move to the UK and do the fellowship. Anyway, I moved to Dublin in June and I'm still living in Dublin, still waiting for the visa. <laughs> you know. So like, what year was this then? Yeah. Uh, what year was this then? That was 2015. Okay, 2015. So, so it was four years four ago years. now. Yeah. Still and like, I'm still waiting for the visa. And uh uh, the it was the best thing I did because I said like I'll just move there and see if I'll adapt and he said what do you think I said to him what do you think if I move here and wait for the visa he said perfect just come and like pack and come and I packed and came and, and what like did your family and week, friends think of this yeah. yeah everybody thought I was like out of my mind like I was like really? oh, why are you going to do that why are you going to do for work I said like I, I don't care I just want to live in Europe I want to do the fellowship I, I just want to have the experience of going to Europe and mm-hmm. And like, but oh, you're going to drop your steady job and stuff. But uh, I just, I was just tired of like complying, you know, and do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, and so I basically wanted to do something for you. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I just jumped on the plane and came mm-hmm. and I'm still and here. And it's obviously worked out for you. Like what? Yeah. Like, four years you've been here. So yeah, we got married happened? two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. We got married. My oh, visa was expired. Yeah. Yeah. So my visa was about to expire because then I got, I, I studied English for a year. Then I got into NUI, into BioInnovate program. Yes. I moved to Galway. So you moved to Galway. So you weren't always living together. No, no, no. Okay. So I moved to Galway for a year. So I moved July 16. And for the listeners, do you want to explain a little bit about BioInnovate? So BioInnovate is a program in NUI Galway that mixes industry and academia and the idea is to come up with med, med tech uh, innovation and then spin out startups yes. they have loads of startups that have already spin out the program is doing very well it they, is doing really well it runs kind of a course every year yeah okay. so it, it, they run a 10, 10 month fellowship and they pay uh, a nice salary and they, they put, do you have to write a thesis or anything at the end of that if you want to do the masters you, you can do, yeah, you, so it can be educational yeah okay. so and, and so it's a, it's teams of four a doctor and engineer and two other people it could be any kind of background business and we have very different kinds of backgrounds and then so i did the program can you tell us what kind of project you were so so yeah so i did i couldn't uh because i wasn't a student visa i couldn't uh raise money so what I did is, so I was ready to go back to Brazil. So Kieran, his, listen, I'm not going to stay here legally. I'm going back to Brazil. So okay, let's get married. So we got married. So we kind of planned the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then BioInnovate called me back because they wanted a clinical mentor in OBS and Gynae for one of the Which teams. Which you. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I went back and was a clinical mentor for another like eight, ten months. Which and did was you great. like that? It was great. I loved it. It was great. I lectured them. Uh, so I, I put together the whole lecturing program and uh, I was I was a proper mentor. And then I went into the ORs and everything with them. And it was and great. Did your previous experience like influence that? Like had you lectured and taught before? In yeah, so I, was a, so I was I was a lecturer at university. I wasn't a lecturer officially, but uh, as a postgraduate student, we, we would do classes all the time. And I did another undergrad program that I was uh, participated in. So it was, I always wanted to teach and and I loved like learning about pitches and because that's a very big part of innovation and startups and stuff. So I started learning about pitching and the business side of things. The business mm-hmm. side of things. And I I really like pitching and talking and. You're very uh, good at it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> like it. I think I like. If you can't get your idea across to somebody that in layman's terms or whatever, then you're already starting off on the wrong foot. So pitching your idea to people yeah, is definitely and, and also like huge. what's big about pitching that people don't know is pitching themselves mm-hmm. 
So like, oh, tell the, the elevator pitch that they say, like, oh, tell me about yourself. And, and it, it takes practice. And it's one of the things they wanted to do in bioinnovation. It's great. So every time you sit down in the morning, they bring a guest. You have to pitch yourself for 30 seconds. And it's a, it's a wonderful exercise that mm. everybody should try. So, because you start picking up what's important and what's not. And your pitch changes. And it's, time, yeah. yeah. And like, uh, what do you want to say to that person or that person? So it was, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. So Very good. Yeah, it wasn't super academic. I, I thought it was going to be more academic, but it was great. Like I, it was something different to do. And then I didn't want to go on. So I got married. I'm on a spousal visa now. And But I didn't want to go through with, with that side of innovation. I wanted to be more in a kind of like education side. And I didn't want to have my own startup, like be an entrepreneur. I want to sit at, sit at a board or like yeah. give advice yeah. that's more my, my yeah, yeah. I like I'm more as a doctor but I, I when I moved to Ireland I told myself that I didn't want to practice medicine and I something that I want I need to write a blog post about it why I don't practice anymore because there's tons of reasons why I don't practice and it has to do with Irish uh, system and mm. uh, so I think uh, I, I need to sit down and kind of elaborate a big text about that mm -hmm. but it's been great so that's what I've been doing <laughs> And talk to us then about your science communication. So did you leap into this? Yeah, so crazy that's another world. crazy story that when I was doing bioinnovate, uh, do you know the Galway advertiser, the little paper you get yes. for free? <laughs> the little paper you get for free in Galway. And then someone came up with that paper. Oh my God, look at this team. This is Fame Lab. This is perfect for Anna. Anna is doing it. And I was like, what? No, you're doing it. I said, I don't even speak English as a first language. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, you're doing You're perfect. You like to talk. You cannot stop talking. Like you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So like they really pushed me to. And tell us a bit about FameLab for those that don't know much yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Fiona loves a I lot about it because she's Fame a FameLab Lab star. <laughs> But FameLab is an international uh, science communication competition. It's basically you give a three-minute speech on a subject of your choosing. And then the judges ask, ask you some questions. It's run by the British Council all over the world. It's a really well-funded program. Really I well admire funded. that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it, and just Femalone came second. Am I correct? She did. Our very own Femalone came second in this year's FameLab. Yeah. So, you know. www.youtube.com slash FameLab. You can watch her. Yeah. Good for the yeah. Watch her speech. Can watch I her. think I get I get a mention. Lee actually does get a mention. Yeah. Yeah. So highly recommend looking at our speech. Look for the big round red haired person. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus. <laughs> but Anna is a Fame Lab alumni. Okay. Yeah. So, so I won she's the a big deal. Yeah. Oh Jesus. I won the Galway one. You did, yeah. And then I went to the finals and got, which is like, you should do it. People that are listening, you should do FameLab because the training that you get for free is amazing. Oh my, I say that all she the time. I say that to everyone. About the competition side of it, because I didn't really yeah. think about yeah, that. Yeah, FameLab, BrightLab, all those kinds of projects that give you training for free. And there's nowhere in academia where you can get trained for science communication. So it's an opportunity that you guys cannot miss. Yeah. And FameLab isn't just for people in science. That's like, what I was just about When to ask. I was in my Galway heat, there was one or two guys from industry mm -hmm. and they were encouraging kind of that pitch idea, yeah. how to sell an idea to different audiences and stuff. And they really benefited from it. And yeah. If you go on then to different levels, you get different levels of training and things like okay. that. Okay. But it really opens your mind on how to explain a concept or just have a conversation. And it really builds your confidence. Yeah. Yes, because you, you, you get into your, to your head that if I can do that, I can do anything. Oh my God, because, yeah. Yeah. I found Bright Club. So this is another science communication that Anna is amazing at. I've seen you a few times now. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the scariest things I have ever done. And Bright Club is where you use comedy, yeah. mm -hmm. stand-up comedy to explain a scientific idea or your research. It doesn't have to be science, it's all different types of disciplines, but this is, you You work quite a bit with Bright Club now. Do yes, I'm a, I say I'm a Bright Club evangelist. <laughs> like, you know, those, <laughs> That's actually the those, those annoying guys from, from like startups and LinkedIn and they're like, oh, I'm a LinkedIn evangelist. I'm, I'm a Bright Club evangelist. I'm always telling people, you should do it, you should do it. They're like, you <laughs> crazy like but it is a, an amazing experience and like coming to Ireland open like because I couldn't do anything different in Brazil it was very very strict and I had to be mm -hmm. like dressed in a certain way and 
look at a certain way and people say you haven't had your yeah. nails done this week and and now like I just I have pink hair and I do whatever I want. You feel free. Mm-hmm. I feel free and like I think my pink hair is important for me. <gasps> Sorry, we need to know like the pink hair, it the nails, pretty it's awesome. Yeah, we have to take pictures and put. But you never take pictures of your guests. So like I, know, I, I, I want really to do a display now. Yeah. We like, always keep forgetting. This. You have to take pictures and put we it will, on so yeah. I can see people's faces. Like we are learning every episode. We yeah, we are, and we just Anna from it's Anna from Barbados as well, right? I like I so want to see her like because I can she looks beautiful I can yeah. pic- picture her in my head like does she look like Rihanna because she's from Barbados or like uh, yeah, oh, yeah so I want to see pictures does. of her like we will do does. that followers and Anna we yeah. Will yeah. Put and up her girl she has a little girl oh, yeah, yeah. Like, my phone is full of pictures of that child oh yeah, my gosh yeah you haven't tweeted them like you're bad at social media who's a social media person you have to we're like bus- we're busy yes well I'm very busy <laughs> No, aren't we all? I just about make time for the podcast and then edit the podcast. So I think that's. A, I think we should. I think yeah. we will. Yeah. No, we we know we're learning where every we're episode. Yeah, you're just yeah. killing me. Just so curious to <laughs> see that people's keep, faces. We gotta keep. It's like a conceal and reveal type thing. It's yeah, like, like it's slowly like it's like a burlesque of words or something. A tease or whatever they're called. Next gen femme, the burlesque of podcast. The burlesque of podcast. Stripping your mind one step at a time. (laughs) We keep you guessing. Um, But you've been through so much Mm -hmm. from when you were living in Brazil, getting your degree, opening your practice, becoming um, not quadriplegic, paraplegic, um, your separation from your ex-husband and then kind of meeting your now husband on a trip. And then coming to Ireland when your family or your friends weren't necessarily that super supportive of mm-hmm. it. And how are they now? No, they're great. Like, yeah. yeah like, but, like, but my dad is little. So my brother was living in China. He just got back to Brazil and I was living here. And my dad was like heartbroken. But at the same time, he knows like Brazil is not the best place to live mm-hmm. now. Sorry, Brazil. But, you know. But they have to see that after moving here and it's been what four years yeah that you are happier mm-hmm. in yourself happier with your life happier with your career yeah so I guess you must be happy with the decision that you made to come here yeah no have you definitely. Ever regretted it in any way no or? like like uh, I, I, people say ah you shouldn't regret shouldn't regret everything that you do mm-hmm. obviously I have some regrets like I think they're you're totally allowed to have them of course, and you learn natural. from them but I need it I needed to come I needed this change of pace and Mm -hmm. to come to Ireland and to experience that even like the first week I was here so like if tomorrow this guy puts me on the street and I have nowhere to go like it's fine I did it I did I wanted to do it and and like it's I had plan B plan C plan D plan E I cannot you strike me as a very organized so a lot of this like comes out of privilege as well which is like we don't understand that and I I, 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 you only understand privilege when you're stripped of it Mm -hmm. and like now that like in Brazil I'm very white and I'm very rich and I'm very like because the social differences are so mm-hmm. big and then I moved here and I'm still very white and very privileged in that sense because I have a very supportive husband that is behind me every step of the way he mm-hmm. supports me here like I still I'm still not in the point that I'm independent but it's all because of those privileges that I'm here but then mm-hmm. I open my mouth sometimes to a bartender and he makes fun of my accent. That's, do you know what I mean? And then you start giving real value. And then when you, someone is nasty to you, when you're going to get your visa mm-hmm. or like, do you know, like you understand like that you come from the shithole country and this whole like, so it all comes stuff. out of privilege as well. And do you know, just to, you know, guilt. throw the gender thing in there. Do you think it would be different if you were a man? Oh, Jesus. It would totally be different. Really? Because, do, do you know, do, other thing, like, I was raised, we were raised in this kind of way. So, like, I was born in the 80s and we were raised like this. So, my dad always told me I was going to be CEO of my own company. And Barbie was an executive. And, you know, like, and you're not, like, you're learning to wash dishes because you're going to be independent and live by yourself. And you have to know how to do your stuff. So, my brother, like, we all learned, me, my brother, my sister, to sew to do housework mm-hmm. and to be independent and mm-hmm. you're going to be CEO of oh you're going to be a doctor or you're, like, you're going to do your own thing mm-hmm. and then my brother was much more oh like men have so much responsibility and stuff and and then I carried this through all my life all this kind of like I have to I have to have it all mm-hmm. and and support everyone and support everyone and take all the bl- all not the blame but all the, the, the weight, the weight of everything yeah. like so women I was re- women of my I think 
I'm not Gen Xer, like I think I'm younger than us, but we're always that that way. And I think we have to stop saying people can have it all. Like, like where are your babies? Like, I'm not, I don't want to have children. My husband doesn't want to have children. And people guilt you into that. And yeah, like, there's I'm, such a like, there yeah, is, when people there? get married, so when are you having kids? You're yeah. like, so and people guilt you into that and guilt you into things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And As opposed so, to what you want to and do. And men are not guilty, guilted into stuff, you know, like, and, mm. uh, so I, I was guilted into a lot of stuff. Like I became a doctor because it was hard. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the hardest thing. I, I didn't want to, like, I, I wanted to do the most difficult thing I could do. And to prove that you could do it. To yeah. prove that I could do it. It was, I got into the university that I wanted. Was it to prove to yourself you could do it or to it, prove to other people? To everybody. Could? And one other thing, I live for the applause. That's why I'm so good at speaking. I live for the applause. Mm-hmm. You're you're a show woman. I'm a show woman. You are, I, yeah. I can do, they say my, my, my uncle, he always tell the story, like, to all my boyfriends and my, and he told the last time in English to my husband in very broken English was ridiculously mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> he said like he took me once to kindergarten he uh-huh. took me to school once and then he said I, w- I walked in and I opened my arms and I said hello guess who's here it's Anna Paula I arrived and then he said like he wanted to die like it was like oh look at this girl <laughs> he was like, 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 never like, this super st- like I always being like lived for the applause which mm-hmm. is bad as well you have to live for yourself not for the applause you know not for the kind of the adrenaline your own applause. yeah because applause medicine like Don't being me. an obs and gynae doctor was a lot like the emergencies was a lot about the adrenaline yes they the, do say that and then I just I just like I could my body couldn't take anymore I have a friend that are amazing at us and they still do it and I hope they keep doing it but the adrenaline it's like you don't bungee jump every day for a reason you don't know yeah. what I mean yeah. like and it was amazing it was like, a good analogy completely zap you of your energy yeah, yeah. some You're people on all the time I have a friend he can do it for the rest of his life and like he's so like he doesn't sleep so but it's not for me unfortunately and it, it's also it kills you because like oh I failed at it so I'm trying to, to take to that because well. I'm dealing with a lot of failure there. Like mm-hmm. I only told you guys the good part, but mm-hmm. like there's a lot well, of failure. There was a few bits like yeah, no, but like there's a failure to your st- to yourself. Like I'm failing. Like I cannot work nights anymore. And people, ah, you should do one or two nights a week to get a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, but I cannot take it anymore. I don't want to work nights anymore. And like you know, there's a lot of like failure in that sense like you're failing people's expectations yeah, there's always, I do feel that a lot in those high-end jobs like even in research now mm-hmm. and when you're you know in that master's PhD oh and so you should do this now and why aren't you writing papers and you're constantly meeting this expectation that might not be for you mm-hmm. yeah do you know and that's okay people always like when you meet people on the street that you haven't seen in years they go oh what are you doing now or um, what's the next big project mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. no one really asks you are you happy yeah, yeah. how's things like yeah. but that's also out of privilege because I got so much opportunity in my life and then I got here like I couldn't work for three years because I didn't have a visa I could only study and it's like you you start to see I, I've heard like you're a doctor but you're not like Irish doctors are you no I'm better no no you're not you're not in the same level as Irish doctors no I'm better I'm a super specialist there's two or three people that do the same thing as I do specialized in and it. like and they don't want another person in and do you know what I mean like so it's it's, 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 it's uh, like you start listening like all also, you start realizing that when you listen to those things, you shouldn't be complacent. It's mm-hmm. not fine that person tells me that. No, it's you know, not. It's not fine that people judge my work for my accent or because I come from Brazil. And that's why I keep my hair pink, because it's to remind myself that no matter what, how I look, my husband, he's an actuary. And he's very Irish, like he's a very, he's a tall guy, very bold with blue eyes and mm-hmm. very white. He looks very Irish and he's always wearing a jacket. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like a proper C-level executive and I always have this pink hair and we're always together and he doesn't care like that I have pink hair he doesn't mm-hmm. even notice he and accepts you for you no he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have the concept of accepting me like he he just thinks just is it's of. just is you yeah. know like you don't think your brother is ugly or beautiful like your brother is just your brother like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so he thinks of me like that and I have to think of myself like that I have to give me that chance. We don't give ourselves that chance, chance. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's why I keep my hair in a crazy color because I want to remind myself that no matter how I look is like, it's, it's not a not proof the point. Of, yeah. uh, it's not a proof of my capacity, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's a, a great thing, message to tell people. Yeah. That it shouldn't be how you look or anything like that. That shouldn't be what shows that your value, how you look shouldn't show your You're value. You're more than yeah. just your Yeah, looks. exactly. How you conduct yourself, how you prove that you are capable of doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
and that you know that you are should be how mm-hmm. you're valued yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that's a great message to tell people. And I guess what I want to ask next, mm. after everything you've kind of been through and what you're going through now, what keeps you going? What does motivate you to push through some of those barriers? Yeah, I was listening to this it's this comedian from Brazil talking the other day and it's it's like what keeps you you just have to you just do it you just it's just resilience you just do it you get up and do it you know like there's no other option the other option would be doing nothing mm-hmm. so you just do something and if you're not going to do it who else who's going to do it yeah. yes and if, if sometimes it's going to go wrong sometimes you won't be able to do it and you know what like it's grand you, you know, like, and, uh, like uh, again, it's grand if you don't do it. You, you know, like, we have, to be, we have to be nicer and kinder to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, Irish people are so nice. I'm learning all about ni- kindness since I moved to Ireland because Irish people are the kindest people in the world. But it's so I, nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kindness. I, I've never understood kindness. Like, in Brazil, we talk a lot about it, and I never understood it. I only understood it when I moved to Ireland, mm-hmm. what it means to be kind to someone else. And we're not kind to ourselves. So doctors, like, killing themselves like I've, I've seen so many cases in the last year and because we're not kind to ourselves we're kind to every, like an Irish people so I'm learning to be kind to myself as well mm-hmm. not only to other people mm-hmm. do you know yeah. Yeah. yeah I think definitely we have to look internally and well, what is it the saying I love oh, have every oh, podcast Leah has, has a saying. saying what is it like you can't pour from an empty jug an empty class or an empty jug yeah. so mm-hmm. you kind of have to there give is you some self-love a book by you know Jordan Peterson now I'm not a big advocate for him but I do like some things I also mm. don't like a lot of things that he says also mm-hmm. but he has a chapter in his book where it was um I think it's called give yourself your da- I could be mixed up two chapters here so don't at me um <laughs> there's one called take your damn medicine okay. where it I think it's the one where if your you know significant other is sick or your mom is sick and you look after them so well and that because you, you want to yeah. you don't want them to have pain or feel pain or whatever mm-hmm. But when it comes to yourself, yeah. do Look you do the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Mm. And I thought that was quite a profound thing to just think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I certainly don't. I, I, I have definitely pushed myself within limits that I shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think also doctors and scientists, we don't take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Very true. I think we should take more care of each other, like, and because it only got me good things. I never lost something to taking care of another person, you know. And I lost yeah. a lot when someone didn't take care of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it can be such an isolating career. Yeah. yeah, because I find there's a competitive nature with it, mm-hmm. and competition can be good because it makes you better. Yeah, but sometimes it's not good because then you're on your own and there's no sharing collaboration yeah. when you you're not to know going when to, to switch it on when to switch it on yeah. i think so yeah. and i think collaboration is the way forward mm-hmm. and that's another thing i was raised on so women are competition uh women are there to like it's not good to work with women you have to be one of the boys you have to be one of the guys and women have to be kinder to other women yeah i have to fix totally each other's friends yeah, Queen's fix each guy. other's crimes. Yeah. I have that yeah. on my on my on my phone. My, I have no. I have a little money thing, oh. and I have like it was written on the money thing. Uh, girls have to lift each other's crowns. Yeah. yeah. So I never forget. And like things that I stop doing, like if I don't like someone's clothes, I just like I don't like that. But fuck it, I, I put a fuck it in the end. I yeah. wouldn't wear it, but you look fab. Throw yeah, I just put a f- throw, just throw that fuck it in the end. Like the so, like it's yeah. about this is about me. This yeah. is about me. It's not about her. Yeah. Yeah. And what's about like RuPaul says that oh. all the time. RuPaul, RuPaul, my my God, yes. uh, my 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 Buddha. He always says that like what opinion, other person's opinion of you is their problem. It's not uh, none so of your business. Bu- none of your none, yeah. none, none of your business. business. So if you if you have that opinion, it's yeah. your problem in your mm-hmm. opinion. So yeah. Uh, yeah. so if you put the little fuckage, it really works. It I does. Yeah. yeah. No, Throw I like that. Fuck what yeah. people think of you is none of your business. No, yeah. I'm gonna at RuPaul in case he wants to listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like you've told us your journey and what. What a journey. A, what a roller coaster of ups and downs. Oh my God. You're amazing. Yeah. Ah, oh, come on. We have to do a chapter where I told, uh, I only tell Obs and Gynae stories. <laughs> that can be, uh, can you do the funny ones? Uh, the funny <laughs> yeah. ones, obviously the funny ones. People can, be... people can ask questions. We are totally having a round two. Yeah, I think yeah. that'll be uh, for another people episode. People can ask questions. But uh, I guess you've been here four years now, coming on maybe five years. Yeah. What is next for you? What? Do you, are you happy going the way you are? Do you see yourself going in another direction? What do you guys, yeah, do you like do? at this time now, I'm, I'm pretty lost. Like I've been lost. So like last year was a, a, a kind of a tough year for me. Like I, I, I was in a lot of medication again, 
gain a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. It was a tough like health wise year for me. But I'm back on track again. And now I'm trying to kind of like just establish myself a little bit more. Getting yourself out there. And, you know, like get myself out there, start to get a little bit more independent. And mm. uh, You're doing a few more communication events. Um, yeah, they come and go and um, I'll be doing, uh, I, I'll plug it at the end and another one in August. And Brilliant. So, yeah, so it's, uh, I, I'm trying to kind of get more regular basis stuff and yeah. work more and well we wish you amazingly good things thank yes. you thank you but we still we still have a few little questions oh, we got the fun ones <laughs> whatever you decide to do do it for you yes exactly. yes and make sure that you're you're happy and yeah that, and we're here to fix your crown whenever you need yeah. it you, exactly. i like that so yeah we'll jump on to the next kind of part, oh my god the, the, fun, the fun questions that i like to call them so the first question is three people dead or alive that you would like to have over for dinner oh my god i thought about this i know you guys like <laughs> don't think about you always say that on the podcast don't yeah. talk about it very don't much it. but like i put it into it. categories <laughs> like i was like uh, i was like oh my god because people were like oh i want to have dinner with my aunt who died and everyone I said relatives yeah, yeah. and yeah. My, I imagine my aunt was like stupid you already know me pick someone else pick yeah, someone yeah. else you know so like i put them into categories so like i would love to have dinner with uh of a life people Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh yeah oh what a hero that's um I watched that on the basis RBG. of sex the did notorious you RBG, RBG. Uh, I haven't read that but on the oh basis God. of sex the movie that's yeah so oh, like yeah, on, on Netflix people no, uh, RBG yeah oh amazing yeah, watch that's it that's a brilliant documentary okay. yeah she's class she's class and uh Christine Lagarde she's class like and who is she, uh, that she, she was like, head who? of the IMF and now she's head of like the European Central Bank okay she's French and this last G20, she get, gave a side eye to Ivanka. Ivanka was trying to kind of like... That's how I know the name. I've seen that picture. Yeah. <laughs> like she like, gave the side name. eye to Ivanka. She did a little interview, five minutes with Trevor Noah a couple of weeks ago. I like Trevor Noah. Google that. Look okay. on YouTube because she's like, she's so, she's so assertive mm -hmm. and she knows a lot. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, she's really feminine. She's not one of the boys. She's, uh, she's amazing. She's, she's herself. She's mm -hmm. herself. And she always, she always explains we're talking about science communication she really explains dumbs down thing but without making you feel dumb so i would love to sit down and have dinner awesome. with her and who's uh, your third person yeah i would love to have dinner with jerry seinfeld but i'm afraid he would think i'm an idiot and then he would well, this is oh, your dinner like no 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 but like would like him to invite me so that's okay. another category people oh, that i would I like see. so like i would love that i love marion keys i met her and i cried uh -huh. is she as sweet and funny as she appears on twitter oh my god like i was like I, it was amazing like it was like because americans is huge in brazil mm -hmm. really she's huge nobody associates her with ireland which is very funny like oh, it's uh, that's so strange yeah, yeah because she's so it's like watching dairy girls like i watch dairy girls and i see myself well but they live in the north it's completely different but it's just a, it's universal just so i love it she's so universal and she went to brazil there was a two-hour queue for signing her books and on the we have a Bayana book for fair mm -hmm. she's big and she's been in my life like i marion kids this has been in my life more than some of my friends mm -hmm. Ah, she she just hugged me and kissed me. I just wanted to die. She's like this size, like she's like I don't know, three feet tall. And she's like she's so nice. Oh, I would love to she have dinner. She is really with her. short. Like, yeah. but she got off her, um, She got an honorary doctorate, I think, recently, yeah. and she just looked amazing and yeah, awful doughty. Uh, and, and himself carries her bag. It's true. He's great. It's true. That's what he's even called on Twitter. Her her partner himself. Oh. <laughs> and he no he does yeah. carry her bag yeah. like it's amazing it's, it's amazing it's, it's lovely to see that yeah. support it's amazing yeah. those are some wow, great people wow you've yeah. really thought about it we'll uh, you've really yeah. thought yeah, about I it I put them into categories <laughs> and I classified them the like, yeah. so yeah. it was like my mom died when I was nine I should say oh, I would like to have dinner with my mom but I can only imagine my mom said what you already know me pick someone you don't yeah. know like you know so what I mean sorry yeah mm. like uh, people like this you woman it's horrible. It's like, yeah, I can have all the dinners I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question is, what is your favorite quote or mantra you live by? Because we love quotes. Ah, uh, yeah, I yeah. I see you, you guys. Yeah. I don't have like one mantra that I like. I I don't like mantras. I don't know. Is it a RuPaul one you like? Uh, the RuPaul, I like all of RuPaul's ones. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, I'm gonna love somebody else. Like I just think, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I just think Leah's like, nah. I think nah. my biggest was like, just do your best. Like whatever you do, like washing dishes, 
do your best. Like if it, I've done so many hustle jobs in the last year that like working as a secretary for my friend and like I just be the best fucking secretary you can be. Just be the best, you know, mm -hmm. like just put your whole self in anything that you do. And have pride in it. Have pride in it. Just put yourself and, and like there's no shame in a good job. That's I think that's my main always have been since I was a kid do everything mm -hmm. the best way you can like put your whole self in it mm -hmm. okay well I think before we sign off where can people find you and if you want to plug your social plug something yeah so my twitter is so you're going to guys probably easier going to tag me so twitter so my twitter is Anna underline Panigasi you can see my videos on YouTube from Bright Club and mm -hmm. from Fame Lab definitely recommend check them yeah, out yeah so you can guys I'll link can, them in the description of this podcast you guys can check well. my blog as well I'll be on Worldcon with Bright Club. I don't know what Worldcom is. I think it's kind of like cosplay kind of thing. I don't know. Okay. We'll be there with Bike Club and there's going to be this event by the British Council called Speaking Science. Mm -hmm. Goy, Limerick, Dublin, Cork at the end of August with FemLam alumni and this guy from the BBC called Welcome Love. It's free. They're going to give you a whole day training with food and everything. Okay, cool. So go to the site and sign up for that because it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to be one of the Fame Lab alumni that is going to, I'm going to be in Limerick for the first time. And I'll be in Galway. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Because you're an alumni now. I'm an alumni now. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of. We've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Anna. Anna, this is brilliant. For sharing Bye. your journey. Like I said earlier, what a roller coaster. But I think there's a lot of positives and so happy that you're in Ireland now and you're you found your feet essentially. Yeah. Um, I'm still finding my feet. You're still but, finding your feet, but, but it's grand. Everyone is all like we're like always, everybody's like it's the duck thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it's, But I, I feel like from listening to you and where you've come from and stuff that you're probably you're heading in a good direction. Yeah, that's we're it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Of you. I'm yeah. still paddling under the water about it so, you know yeah. aren't we all yeah aren't we all i have no doubt you'll uh, whatever you decide to do you'll succeed in it oh and as thank you said, you, whatever thank you. you do put your all into it so yeah that's pretty much it for this episode of the podcast you guys know where you can find us at nextgenfem underscore ire on twitter and instagram if you know of anyone that you think would be good to have on the podcast email us at leah at nextgenfem.ie and i guess we'll catch you in a next episode of our podcast which we're actually going to record in the next five minutes <laughs> and <laughs> um, so we will see you guys then thank you again Anna thank you bye, bye guys bye, bye. bye.